0: Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. Uh, My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in London. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Ben in LA. Hi, Ben. Hello. And Gary in Santiago. Oh, hello. Hey, Gary. Um, And we're going to start off this week with our football moments of Game Week 30+. Uh, Ben, what was your football moment?
1: I have two quick ones. Uh, The first one was Craig Dawson's injury time bicycle kick overhead uh, equalized against Leicester. Um, Just love seeing uh, people you don't expect to have skills pull off worldly goals, Um, especially because, yeah, Leicester, Leicester, I think, had scored in the 89th minute and then Craig Dawson (laughs) comes up with a a bicycle kick in um, injury time. I thought it was brilliant.
0: That was so skillful, wasn't it? it? It looked like he'd been doing that a lot because it was such a quick movement, such like an instinctive one. It wasn't like when Crouch did his bicycle kicks and you were just like, oh, God, what's happening there? Uh, he, Yeah, he's definitely got a talent for them.
1: Yeah. And uh, my, my second one was uh, on my Twitter timeline, saw um, Arsenal Fan TV after after Brighton had scored their winner and they were melt they were melting down uh, which was pretty funny because they were already very upset that you would you were drawing with Brighton and then <laughs> when you when you lost they kind of lost it which I thought was pretty funny
0: did you see the before and after pictures of that as well like before um I think possibly when we scored like their they are like jumping around and really energy full and then the after after the 95th minute they're just like lying there like in their seats completely drained <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it was it was great love love me some arsenal fan tv when when, when you guys were this
0: yeah, let's move on swiftly. <laughs> um, Matt, what was your football moment of the week?
2: Well, if you're looking to move on swiftly, um, <laughs> what, I, what I've really enjoyed about the return of football is essentially the, the banter and the WhatsApp chats and the Twitter that you can all just talk about the games. And uh, David Luiz's uh, 26-minute cameo uh, was fantastic uh, sort of ammunition for that. Uh, and there's been some many, many funny memes uh with his uh, sending off and uh, completely just completely ruining Arsenal's uh, day. Uh, it was uh, really, really amusing.
3: Yeah, you should try having him you in your team. It's not so amusing, man.
2: <laughs> you should try having him in your actual team
0: in real life. It's not even
2: <laughs> vaguely amusing, man. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the first one was pretty shocking defending. Uh, a lapse in concentration, so unusual for the man. Uh, and then the second... Uh, the drag back was uh i mean it was so bad it got a red card when usually that just gets a yellow uh but it was just horrible wasn't it yes yes it was
3: he he kind of decided to push mares over outside the box and then he just couldn't quite push him hard enough so he just kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him until he until suddenly realized he was five yards inside the box
1: Yeah, Matt, one good one I saw was, um, I saw a comment which was, yeah, Virgil van Dijk is good, but lacks the ability to take over a game quite like David
0: Luiz. <laughs> all the headlines, all the time. Yeah,
2: I liked the one where they said uh, Brighton were appealing the red card uh, to try and get him to play.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: okay, that was good.
0: How about you, Gary? What was your football moment of the week?
3: Uh, so... My football moment was my new TV, basically. I, I bought this TV about three months ago to, like, oh, I can really kind of watch the football in high definition and get into it. And it's just seen no action since then. It's just basically been, uh, you yeah, know, K-League highlights or old matches on YouTube. So it actually got a proper spin out this time. Um, and so, yeah, obviously being in Chile, I'm listening to, we've got, like, ESPN2. So it was listening to the games with the Spanish commentary, which um, I kind of zoned in and out of a little bit. But there were there were certain things that I picked up on that were kind of a bit bizarre. Um, so I was, in particular, I was watching Norwich Southampton. I only watched the first half of the game, but the, I just kept getting distracted and just hearing like "Nuevo Messi, Nuevo Messi," so like the, the new Messi. <laughs> I couldn't figure out who they were talking about at first. It, first it seemed to be Todd Cantwell and, and then I, I think I realised they were talking about Emiliano Buendia on the Norwich team but one of the Norwich players anyway was was kept being picked out as the, the new Messi and um, they absolutely loved Tim Cruel as well, it was like every time Tim Cruel was involved it was like oh <laughs> fantastic goalkeeper penalty specialist, amazing incredible <laughs> and, and, I don't, as I said I only watched the first half um, so I didn't. I didn't see the contacted reaction after he'd let three goals. They certainly loved him in the first half.
0: Yeah, that is a random player to be obsessed about. Tim Krull. Maybe they. Maybe they watched the Premier League many years ago and they haven't done since. Uh, and they haven't seen the years since he left Newcastle. Maybe I,
3: I think I think they basically just watched that penalty shootout for Holland in the World Cup against Costa Rica. <laughs> That's probably the only time they've ever seen him before. But um, yeah, he he's got he's got a fan club here in Latin America.
2: <laughs> do they do the <laughs> fake crowd noises?
3: They did, but it was kind of a bit like the, the, the Liverpool Everton game just now. No, no, it was this, I think it's the same feed, but the the Liverpool Everton game it sounded like a crowd. The, the Norwich one, I don't know if Norwich were giving them a different noise or something, but it just sounded like crackly kind of interference rather than a, a crowd.
2: I just wondered if they'd have, like, fireworks and bangers going off in the background because it's just a South American crowd.
0: The sound of would, flares yeah, being lit.
2: Yeah, Ultras attacking police. <laughs> well, yeah, that, the, the only
3: game I've been to so far in Chile, that was what I saw. So, <laughs> the feather, The army being called in and, yeah people running away, (laughs) being trampled
0: on. Yeah. Nice one. Um, For my football moment of this week, I think uh, probably a big mention for Sir Marcus Rashford, who has got a career potentially in politics after this. I think he'd definitely get elected at the moment um, for raising a huge amount of money for uh, children um, to get school meals and also changing government policy as well this week, making the government make a U-turn on free school meals during um, holidays, which is really impressive. And then also the Black Lives Matter across all the Premier League games, it's been pretty awesome seeing all the players uh, taking a knee. Um, So there's those two kind of inspiring things. And then there's one final inspiring thing for me, which is that hearing after Matt's highlight that uh, David Luiz has only two weeks left of his contract at Arsenal. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are my three highlights. Um, What's the two serious ones? What's it going to be when he signs an extension? (laughs) Yeah, I know that's going to happen, isn't it? Especially when we find out that Pablo Mari has, you know, lost his ankle in that tackle. And yeah, it's going to happen but for the moment it might not and that's great news
3: (laughs) coming back to the black lives matter thing it, it kind of helped made me realize how few of the premier league players i recognize by sight these days because you're just kind of watching the game and it's something like watching the Villa game. I was like, who's that player for Villa? And I kept forgetting they had Black Lives Matter on the shirt. And you just kind of see from a long range, it's Black li- Oh, yes, of course. They, they don't have the name on anymore. And then the, the next game it's the same. It's like, oh, who was that who scored? Is that Black yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. it's
0: it's those It's those players that you know you know that they're in the squad. You just don't quite know what they look like. Like Hurrihan for Villa. If I had to pick him out of a lineup, I would have no idea. Um, but if you see him and you see maybe you know part of his name, you're like, oh yeah, I know him. I know the Villa team. I know what I'm doing.
3: Yeah, because I'd, I'd gone for El Ghazi this week, but I wasn't entirely sure 100 who what he looked like. So it took me quite a while to figure out. Um, I guess I could have looked up his squad number, but that would have that would have been too proactive. So I was just lost. Time spent. Is that El Ghazi?
0: That, that is the definition of of Maverick picking a player in the team that you have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> um what about fpl moments ben what was your fpl moment
1: uh my FPL moment pretty simple had a good week uh like last pod discussed my bench boost currently on 106 points with uh city to play tomorrow so pretty happy i think the one player who i'm probably the most proud of and will probably stay in my team with the wild card is uh uh, Saka from arsenal probably one of arsenal's bright spots um he he's so cheap he's only 4.7 he got me seven points and i i saw in the highlights too he also hit hit the crossbar so um
0: yeah i'm pretty proud of uh my Saka pick but yeah pretty good week for me it's so satisfying when you get over 100 points isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah and um now just i think i'm thousand overall so i think if I could break the top 10k by by this season, that would be that would be amazing as well.
0: Although tainted by the fact that it's probably because a lot of people haven't come back to the game, so really not a massive achievement. <laughs> 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 so let's move on. Um, Matt, what was your FBL moment?
2: Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly frustrating uh, frustration that yeah, the, the the different drafts of my bench boost team. Uh, I think all did better than the one I ended up having uh, because I put Rayner in as a last minute decision instead of Henderson to, to sort of give me a bit more money in defence. I spent that money in defence on Lundström didn't really come off uh, and that required a bit of downgrading to Egan which also is pretty horrible uh, and yeah I also needed, needed some extra money for Mount who did probably did nothing uh, and Jota who did nothing as well so uh, a bit of frustration there but Overworn ninety-three points from the bench boost. So, with with three Man City players to go. So, if I get uh, a high score from De boino as my captain, then there's the chance of uh, catching Ben up a bit. It does sound like you're going to pass the hundred mark as well. And that's
0: that's surely the measure of a good double game week. Yeah, score. Yeah, De Boino as captain's been the one thing I got I got very right. So, from two fairly successful, pretty successful. Uh, teams at the top of our league. It's now down to me and Gary. Gary, what is your FPL moment of the week? Yes,
3: yeah, so it was a moment of madness because, as as everyone knows, as as the whole world we broadcast to knows, I was intending to play my bench boost last week, not my free hit. Um, but somehow, in a moment of madness on Tuesday night, it was kind of I'd gone beyond midnight, playing with all the computations, excited. It's coming back, blah 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 picked my team. And then just as you're selecting the team, there was the thing saying, Oh, you are making so many transfers. Do you want to use your free hits? And I got into my head, Oh yeah, I'm using my wildcard this week. So I clicked the button and then I was like, no, no, that wasn't what I meant to do. And I tried pressing undo. It doesn't work. I tried to cancel it. It doesn't work. It's done. Once you press that button and you confirm it, it's locked in. Um, I, I was actually like, Kind of physically upset I, I i couldn't get to sleep after that i was kind of weighing it up in my mind like what have, what, what the hell have i just done um so i couldn't play my bench boost because i had gone with the free hits i also then on wednesday morning had to try to pick up the pieces of my team and be like well i can actually save some money on my bench jig things around a little bit um get, don't, i don't need leno on the bench because he's not going to play blah 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 so i I actually ended up going with 10 of the team that I had as my starting 11, but drafting in David Luiz. Uh, <laughs> so having had my own David Luiz <laughs> moment of madness the, the night before, um, I ended up putting him in my team. So I, I've worked it out. So, I've, I've actually done all right because basically my entire free hit were, were guys with double game weeks. So I've got 87 points with the City guys still to play. But if I'd stuck to the original plan and played the bench boost, notes bench boost, not free hit, I would have had 110 points now. Um, my, my bench would have been Leno, Fernandez, Aarons, and Ayu, which would have got me uh, 18 points. And I would have had an extra five points for having Mustafi rather than Louise. So, devastated.
0: Devastated. And it's so, so unfair. If you'd pressed bench boost accidentally, you can cancel that, can't you? But free hit is very different because it's it's taking all the transfers that you've made in those unlimited transfers and it's yeah. you can't undo those.
3: So I, I see a few people have used the free hit this week, but I, I'm assuming they're people who didn't have the wild card in hand. But for me, basically having unlimited transfers this week and already planning to use the wild card for, for game week 31, I basically just used the free hit to make the free transfers I was going to make anyway so <laughs> this is why I, th- I think the i think the fantasy football scout has like a pro pundit section where they're all so um smart and they know what they're doing and this is why i'm definitely an amateur pundit
0: from uh, from one level of amateur schoolboy era to the next level which is me um so yeah three months without football or fpl i was very excited been working on my team a lot, sending lots of drafts to my brother, getting feedback, you know, hundreds and hundreds of screenshots in my phone. And, um, because I don't have a second wild card, I've already played it. Um, I didn't want to, uh, make any, uh, rash decisions and move out of a player and then not be able to get them back in in a later draft. So I I left my team without any transfers before the deadline. Um, and I was going to play my bench boost as well. And I checked the Arsenal game, the Man City game on Wednesday. It was an 8.15 kickoff or something like that. So I assumed the other game was at the same time. And I think it was at three minutes past five. I was checking my phone and looking on Twitter. And I saw the team, uh, the early team news that was leaked um, by FPL Rockstar, I think it is. Um, and I was like, oh, that's weird. That's very early. And then that moment of, oh, God. No, <laughs> no, and then went to the site, saw it was three minutes. Refreshed the page, and it was gone. So all those plans up in smoke, and it was back to my old team, which has done all right for me. It's it's considering when I looked at it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "There's no way I can stay with this team. I have to use the unlimited transfers." Um, it's actually done pretty decent. It's just. Obviously, the team that I would have had um, yeah, in my final draft had, you know, things like De Bruyne captain and all that other stuff that everyone else has done, uh, which is sad to kind of see. But Danny Ings came in for me, for my old team. Jimenez came in. Um, I still have De Bruyne, although he's not my captain. And double Sheffield United defence um, and the high scores from that as well. So, yeah, I've basically, at the moment, I thought it was I was going to be thrown out of the top 100K. But I think... I think I'm going to stay around where I was. I was like 60K in the world or something. So I might drop to 80, but it might not be as horrific as I thought it was going to be. But it does mean that my challenge for our title between the four of us is pretty much over for sure, which is sad.
3: It's quite impressive, Duncan, looking at your team that every single player has scored at least six points, except for Salah, who was your captain, and Yang, your vice captain.
0: Yeah, who is um. now my captain now Salah didn't play. Like, it is brutal, isn't it? And I was telling you guys before we started recording that uh, I was excited about Salah. I was like, this is my big differential. I didn't pick this guy to be my captain, but it might work out. You know, they're going for the title, doesn't play. So I was like, okay, maybe my vice captain's De Bruyne. No, he's not. It's, it's a bad meing. Uh Well, fuck it. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I, we move like- on.
3: I'd, like, well, I'd just like to say one more thing on this. I, I like to think we're kind of fantasy football purists, Duncan's. So, but basically what we've done is ignored these free transfers, this like gimmick of giving people free transfers in Game Week 30. You just ig- refused to acknowledge it entirely and just ignored it. And I wasted my free hit. By, by saying no, I'm not going to take your free transfers. I'm going to take my free hit, <laughs> use my chip, and uh, we'll 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 play by the original rules, not some rules invented halfway through the season with five substitutes and water breaks. Nonsense.
0: If by some miracle you and me, or one of us, ends up winning our mini league, um, then it will be all the greater, Um it will live on in in history as one of the greatest comebacks in fpl yeah um but it's not going to happen so hey everyone everyone (laughs) loves a flawed hero (laughs) an idiot who wins (laughs) um let's let's take a break and when we come back we're going to preview the next two uh game weeks coming up okay we're going to preview Game Week's 30 plus and 32 plus, because they're both going to take place before our next podcast. So 31 uh, plus and
3: 32 plus.
0: Sorry. Thank you, Gary. You're on it. Um, So instead of going through 20 fixtures, um, which would take a long time, and there's not a lot of time before uh, these fixtures actually take place. Instead, we're going to talk about um, some teams that we're interested in for these two fixtures. So, Ben, who's the first team you want to talk about?
1: Uh so the first team I want to talk about is Wolves, who beat West Ham away 2-0. Um obviously going for Champions League, now level with Man United on points. Just a really impressive performance. Look like they basically continued from where they left off. Um so I'm wild carding this weekend. We'll definitely have three Wolves players um in my team. Um for my for my bench boost, I had Doherty. Um, at 6.3. I think he's getting close to to must-have. Um, he got an assist again and I think three bonus as well. Um, so I think he's a good pick. Obviously Jimenez, 8.1, scored another goal. Um, I know Matt had Jota. Jota I thought was unlucky too. Um, had a couple chances that he missed. Um, one of the budget options I like is uh, Roman Seiss at 4.6. Um, he also picks up sneaky bonus as well and such a good value, I think, as well. Um, And then Adama Traore didn't start, but at 5.7, when he came on, he really changed the game and was just going past people for fun. He got an assist as well. And I think if you look at Wolves' run until the end of the season, um, really favorable fixtures. They've got Bournemouth, Villa, Arsenal, sorry, (laughs) Arsenal is a favorable fixture, Um, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Palace. It's, It's a really good run, so... Yeah, I'm all about the Wolves players and,
0: and we'll have three in my team going forward. Yeah, especially those, well, next three fixtures. Bournemouth at home looking pretty bad at the back. Villa always pretty bad at the back. And Arsenal, how many centre-backs will they have in three games' time? Yeah, it's a really good shout. So which three are you going to be going with? Which are your top three? Is it the ones you mentioned, Doherty, Jimenez and Saiz?
1: Yeah, although I, I have thought about Jota. Um to block Matt, but I, I won't, I don't think I'll go with them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thing about between the two of them, Jota and Jimenez. Jimenez is so consistent that he never has a massive hole. He never gets an 18 points. Whereas Jota, I, I think is more likely to do that. And he has that kind of end of the season thing. He did that last season, kind of got into his stride towards the end of the season. Um, obviously strides uh, a bit rich, you know, we've played one game and it's basically preseason, but um, yeah, maybe that kind of explosive thing is the choice between the two. And
3: yeah.
0: you got to block him. You've got to love a blocking move at this time of the season, surely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Well, I'll think about it.
0: Would you guys throw anyone else into the the hat from Wolves or do you think those three are, are the best?
3: Well, I've had a size for a while, so he's he's kind of jumping on my Sice bandwagon. But yeah, I think Wolves... They went through the first half of the season just letting... They seemed to concede one goal every game, which was quite annoying for their defenders. But then five clean sheets in the last six. I think Do- Doherty's got 52 points in the last six games. And Sice has got um, nearly as many, 24 to 39. So, yeah, the the Wolves' defence is looking good.
2: The the only wildcard player, I'd say... I mean, I think the, the five you've, you've named, the, the key ones... Uh, either really good prices or just scoring great points is uh Neto scored a hell of a goal, so I don't know if that's the start of something great for a little while, but uh that's quite a maverick move to go neto I think yeah, maybe one to watch for next season um,
0: nice one Matt how about you what's your who are your first team you want to talk about
2: um so the first I want to talk about is Spurs, um who I think just a little bit of an interesting team. They've got two good fixtures coming up, um, so they've got uh, West Ham, and then uh, they've got um, who, who is that? I'm just looking down. Uh, Sheffield United, and Sheffield United, obviously, uh, I think higher than the league still at the moment, but uh, they've had a pretty bad couple of fixtures, so they they look like they're maybe not quite returning to to the same form. Um, and Spurs just before the lockdown. Uh, but well, before before COVID stopped the league, we had an injury crisis. Looked like a complete nightmare about to go on a really bad run. But now all their players are back from injury. So Son at nine point seven, he didn't score, but he did look pretty sharp uh, against Manu. Uh, so I expect him to be a fairly good pick for the run in. Um, but yeah, nine point seven, so that's that's a, a tempting one, I think. Um, uh, Bergwin, I thought uh, looked like a really good player. Um, he 's just seven point four um and he well, he obviously scored that goal uh manu 's defense was a, a travesty for that goal uh but he was quite good he looked pretty pretty nippy and um, he 's got a good shot in him um and so I think he might be quite a good pick for the uh, um for the for the rest of the season if you, you can 't afford someone like son um and then there 's a the player sort of maybe to to be wary of so I think Lamella is going to be rotated quite a lot with like Ali when he gets back. Um, Kane looked really off the pace, I thought, so uh, I'd, I'd be waiting for him to score goals before putting on any, any team. And their defence is like... It, it does have Mourinho, the Mourinho factor, but it just hasn't got clean sheets at all this season, so they always seem to have a knack of, of letting a goal in. So um, I think there's a few intriguing attackers that uh, could, could go really well between now and the end of the season.
0: Even, would you would you consider Aurier just for his assist potential? Or would you think, you know, the lack of key, clean sheets
2: just puts you off? Um, I think he's, yeah, so he's the one. Is he, what, 4.9? Yeah. So it's not a bad price, Aurier. Uh, as you say, he's got assist potential. And if he gets an assist, then he's on for a bonus point. Um, but... I mean, I, I'm not personally going for him, but I think he's, he's a pretty decent pick. Um, I just, I think he's sort of in that in-between pricing at the moment where he's not quite cheap, but he's not premium. Um, and yeah, there's particularly like Wolf players like Seiss. Do, yeah. Do you want to spend the money on, on orea uh, is the question mark.
0: Seven assists this season. It's quite pretty, pretty consistent. But, um, but yeah, I totally agree about the clean sheet thing. Until they sort that out, then it, it's a bit of a risk. Yeah. Anyone else from Spurs that you're interested in? Would you would you go back to Deli Ali? He was he was kind of Mourinho's wonder wonder boy for a little
2: bit. So uh, came this club. just a touch of wait and see, I guess. I and mean, I think they've got a pretty juicy fixture of West Ham coming up. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how those attacking players go. I and mean, I think they're quite well set up with lots of lots of attacking talent. Because even if Kane off form, will will set players up. So if Ali gets back and gets back in the team and gets back on the form he was on. Then yeah, I think he'd be a really great pick, um, and, and equally, Bergwin at the moment looks like a decent pick. But he, is he going to get rotated between now and the end of the season because, um, because the other like flyers like Lucas Moore will come back? Um, so we, we shall see. But I think they're just they're quite intriguing, and if you're looking to catch people up, then uh, maybe they're the ones to go for.
0: Would anyone else jump in with any Spurs players, or should we move on? Okay. Over to Gary. Gary, who's the team that you want to talk about?
3: Okay, so I I did a bit of number crunching before this. And basically, I was trying to figure out who had the best run in and who had the worst run in. Um, And so what I got was uh, Wolves that Ben mentioned, along with Man City, I reckon, have the third easiest run in. Matt's mentioned Spurs with the second easiest run in. Um, So I'm going to focus on Man United, who I think have the easiest run in of all. Um, until their final game of the season, which I think is Leicester, they've got some really easy fixtures coming up. Um, The only slightly tricky one on on paper is Sheffield United at home, the first game, but even that, they will be playing Sheffield United without Henderson in goal because he's obviously a a Man United player. So um, I think there's plenty of options for Man U. Um, And
0: without without Egan as well with the suspensions.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um so and we've seen that Sheffield United's squad depth perhaps they they've gone with the same same 11 over and over again so untested really some of their their players. So yeah, I, I think when you're looking at Man United I I think particularly at this stage of the season where you don't know there might be random players being rested like we just saw with Mo Salah at Everton. Um you might want to kind of not have some of these luxury 10 million plus options in midfield. You're kind of De Bruyne, Salah, Mane, um, and in favour of that, you might want to pack your bench with a bit more strength. And in that case, Canton, kind of Manchester United have a lot of these kind of premium, like uh, or sort of Tesco finest. It's not quite Waitrose, but you, you've got um, you've got Martial at uh, eight million, Fernandez at eight point six, and Pogba at eight point three, um, and those are the kind of players that if you're not going to go with Mane and Salah. Or Mane and De Bruyne. You want to save a couple of million, then suddenly these players become quite tempting options. Um, I'm planning on perhaps getting Fernandez just because everybody else in our mini league seems to have him. So he's he's really starting to annoy me now. Um, and he's he's got 47 points in six games, so he's doing incredibly well so far. Uh, all the dodgy penalties that Man United get. Um, Martial, though, I, I had him earlier on in the season and. Uh, obviously you get the bonus here of a, a midfielder playing up front, so he's definitely worth a lookout. And then Pogba had that little cameo, uh, created the goal out of nothing. Um so it's perhaps um, as I say, it is a bit of a gamble with Pogba that he's gonna start, but he might be a, a bit of a more of a maverick player to go for. Um also, you mentioned Rashford up at the start of the programme. Um, I think he's an interesting one, just because I'm wondering if this kind of wave of goodwill that he's getting from the public. And he's a very good player. So again, £8.8 million, he's, he's kind of just below that top price bracket, um, back from injury. So again, um, kind of looking sharp against Spurs. Um, And then even the defense that there's the the Man U defense has been a kind of no go area for a couple of years, but but recently it's tightened up a bit. I'm a big fan of Aaron Wan Bissaka. Uh, He's kind of a little bit pricey at five point three, but he's like a tackling machine. So he he, he's already weighed in with twelve bonus points this season. Um, And you find that when Man United keep a clean sheet, he's often the one getting bonus points. Um, so if he could just add a couple more assists to his game, he's got a couple of assists so far, but yeah, if he could just add that little bit more in the final third, um, he'd be another good one. So, there's I think there's plenty of options with Manu,
0: yeah, and definitely agree with all of that. I think Fernandez feels essential to me now, I can see why you're thinking about bringing him in. Um, I think he's returned in every single game apart from his debut, um, so. Yeah, fairly phenomenal. I'm just not sure about Martial. Um, having watched the, the recent game, I just thought he just wasn't involved for you know, huge periods of the game. Is, is that
2: fair, Matt? Um, so I've always thought Martial is like a, a slightly flawed, like good player for Man U. Uh, like he's got all the skill set. He's really, really quick. He's really good on the uh, good technique. He's got a great shot, but he just lacks a slight, like uh, sort of game uh, brain where he just doesn't quite know the runs to make, uh, he, which means he drifts out of game sometimes. Uh, but I think that can be deceptive in a game like against Tottenham where they just sat really deep. If he's got someone like Pogba and Fernandez uh, slipping in fantastic three balls, then uh, uh, the fact that he didn't make the run early enough or didn't think about it uh, almost doesn't matter. So I reckon he'll be getting goals between now and the end. But you're right, he's sort think of there was under a- the radar at the moment
3: there was a couple of moments in that Spurs game as well like Loris pulled off an absolutely stunning kind of fingertip save to deny Martial and there was another like a real last ditch tackle by Dyer. um and looking at him he's, he's scored 7 goals in his last 12 games there's, there's no assist there but that's pretty consistent so a lot of a lot of 8 pointers he's, he's coming with a lot of 8 pointers this season so
2: the only um, the, the only ever risk is he could get a bit of rotation with a Gallo between now and the end um because Galo was playing really well for United before, before lockdown. And if they're going to sort of uh, manage the minutes between them, then uh, he, he might not be in the pitch quite as many as, as much as, say, Pogba, Fernandes and, uh, and others.
3: Are, are, there, are Man United looking to sign in permanently or is he going back to China?
2: Um, uh, not sure. I don't, know. I don't know. I think they're looking out to the rest of the market, but they mm. would settle for him at the moment.
3: I mean, because I, I noticed that they brought Greenwood on a lot earlier in the last game. So, I'd, again, one final Man U player is is like Greenwood at 4.3. Again, at the, towards the end of the season, you might think that they, this might be an opportunity to give him more minutes. I guess that depends if they're trying to keep Regalo happy or if they kind of think, uh this isn't going anywhere. Uh, we'll see who's kind of second in the pecking order.
2: Yeah, I mean, Greenwood is like he's the hot prospect. Uh, everyone, all the fans really, really love Greenwood uh, and wish he would play more. I think Solskjaer's just managing his minutes as a youngster, just breaking into his first season. So, uh, I don't think it's a lack of talent or lack of faith in him. I think it's, it's more of a, they, they limit his game time partly just to, to manage his career.
0: Um, Next up, I think it's, it's me with, with my first team. Um, So, you guys have gone with some pretty impressive teams man united spurs uh wolves um i'm going to come in with newcastle newcastle united mainly because uh sorting by um the next two fixtures so 31 plus and 32 plus um newcastle are kind of have the second best fixture rating on fantasy football scouts season ticker um, they're playing against Villa at home, which is pretty tantalising, and Bournemouth away. Both teams that are kind of struggling a bit at the moment. Um, and I just think having having seen what they've done against Sheffield United, slightly unexpected 3-0 win. And just generally what they've done in the season as a whole, I think there's some really good options for people on wildcard. Or, or if you just want to take a few punts before you wildcard in a few game weeks' time. Um, I think a lot of people have already brought in uh, Jamal Sells as a bit of an enabler, 4.3. I think um, he's their captain. He's going to play if he's fit, pretty much. He he has had goal threat in in seasons gone by. He's only got one this season, Um, but it's just so cheap. And for a defence that does know how to keep clean sheets in the fixtures where you would hope that they would, I think it's fair to say. So him... There's Fernandez in there at 4.6, another kind of competitor with Saïs at that price. Um, I think the really exciting one in defence at the moment for for Newcastle is Richie, who hasn't played much this season, um, but in kind of recent games, he's been moved from playing left-back, where he was, um, to left midfield. Um, so goal and assist in this game week, um, and obviously... He's also on penalties as well. So that's something that he hasn't used yet uh, this season, I don't think. But uh, if, you know, if he pops up with that and they get a clean sheet, it's another 15-point return or something like that. So I think if you're behind in your mini-league and you're looking to climb a little bit, that's a differential that no one is going to have. And three nice fixtures, you know, even after the Bournemouth game, there's West Ham at home. Um, So... Yeah, if you're looking to climb, that's an interesting one. It's worth worth thinking about. And also, as a bit of fun, um, Alan St-Maximin, he is just a, a fun player. Um, two goals in his last game. Um, and if, if Newcastle are going to get anything attacking-wise, he seems to be involved. Um, and, you know, pretty cheap as well. I think he's about 5.4. Um, so, yeah, mostly in the defence, obviously, with Newcastle. Um, similar to Sheffield United, just picking the defensive players. But if you want to take a bit of a flutter, then St Maximum's good fun as well. Kay. No Joe Linton. <laughs> no Joe Linton. No, he nearly made it into my football uh, moment of the week or FBL moment of the week. But Did you see the chance he had earlier in the game before he, he scored his goal? He was through on goal. It was all looking good. Clean through, and he pretty much kind of just <laughs> shot. Slightly missed the ball, hit the floor, and then fell over flat on his face.
2: It's like the definition of fluffing it. Uh, yeah, complete it was. panic, like uh, rabbit in headlights. Yeah, as you say, he yeah. he lost his balance and could barely hit the ball uh, when it should have I been a simple he, pass to the back of the net.
0: He's clearly not a player who likes being put through on goal because whenever I've seen him do that, he fluffs it up massively. I think he's a player who likes a cross coming in, finishing it with one touch with the head or with the foot. Um, like he did with his goal, but yeah, definitely not a one-on-one finisher. Um, that would be very punty to put him in.
3: <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder, and I'll, I'll, I'll own up to—he's currently in my draft team at the moment. So
0: <laughs> I, I, I almost uh, said I didn't want to insult you, but I almost said he's, he's very Gary pun.
3: <laughs> I, 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 I guess I, I kind of going off something that Matt said last week, which was like, like how will not having a crowd affect certain players? And we say there's these there's these players that like the, the crowd started to get on their back and they, they kind of shrink under the pressure. So you, you kind of think if he'd done that falling flat on his face in front of a full St. James's park, he would have completely lost his confidence for the rest of the game. But the fact that he managed to score kind of later on in the game, um, and also there's not many good strikers, he's 5.5 million, and he's got some, some pretty easy fixtures, and he plays he plays every week. So he... He's an interesting one. I'll say that. I don't know if he'll stay in my draft, but um, we'll
0: see. Please, please, Gary. Please. (laughs) Wow. It's just good fun. Um, Ben, how about you? Who's your next team you want to talk about?
1: Uh, My next team is Chelsea. I think Chelsea an interesting one because, you know, a lot to play for, have pretty good fixtures after Man City next. Um, but my issue with Chelsea is they don't really have like a main man um, to go to. So they, it seems like they spread out their points. So I was looking at a couple of players. Um, Asper Laqueta today got two assists, 5.9, but I think he'll be rotated with Reese James. I, I've, I have a couple wildcard drafts with Alonso at 6.2. Um, he also looks very attacking, but just like today against a woeful Villa, they still have a habit of conceding um, the odd goal. Um, I thought Mason Mount was actually probably the pick of their players and maybe the most nailed on at 6.2. And I think he was unlucky not to get any points today, um, which I think was unfortunate for Matt because I think he he did play pretty well. Um, And then Pulisic came on at 6.9. He he scored a goal as well. Um, I think my issue is, there's too much rotation and too deep a bench, so I, I'm really unsure on who to pick. Even like the early season favorite, Tanya Abraham, what, I mean, didn't start today. Um, Giroud played. Um, then you have like Loftus Cheek, Callum Hudson, Adoy, William. Um, so yeah, I think Chelsea are a really intriguing team. I think they play really well. I, th- I fancy them to get Champions League. I, I just. I'm really confused on who to get,
0: so I may just avoid everyone. It's a weird one, isn't it? With Tammy, everyone um, on Fantasy Football Scout was saying, you know, he's the pick of your one-week, um, you know, non-double game week players to have on your bench boost, and he doesn't even start. Giroud's actually got um, four returns in his last ga- four games, so for Chelsea, so maybe he is the main man for Chelsea at the moment. Maybe um, Lampard's had a change of heart recently. Tricky, I, yeah. I agree about Chelsea.
1: Yeah, it just feels strange because they do play really well, <laughs> and I do imagine them battering a couple of teams. They, they should have battered Villa today, but it, it's just the risk of not knowing who to pick. So,
0: I think, yeah, I, I think, um, as you know, looking at his minutes this season, it's a phenomenal number of 90 minute games. He doesn't really seem to be that heavily rotated at all. But just his price, you know, 5.9 for a player who's really going to only offer you bonus and clean sheets. Um, it's not really enough for me, I don't think. Yeah. OK, Matt, you're up next. Who's your
2: second team? Um, so my next team is uh, Man City, um, who I think, uh, I mean, we've talked, spoken quite a lot about them um, everyone has been looking at Man City really closely because they've had this double game week fixture, but um, looking ahead, they've got um, what on paper is a bit, bit of tougher fixtures, but they're Man City. So they'll, they'll probably win them all, um, right. So I think the, the challenge is, is picking the, the Man City players in amongst the rotation. Um, so I think most play, most teams should probably still keep with De Boyne because he's pretty amazing. Um, and his price isn't bad for how amazing he is. Um, I think Aguero owners will be uh, maybe scratching their heads and wondering if they should sell up now. Um, and we'll see, I guess, with tomorrow's fixture, whether whether he comes good with that one. Because um, he was on the bench and he always scored when he did come on. But um, if he gets more minutes, then he's bound to score again. Uh, so we'll, we'll see with him. Uh, Jesus is getting minutes. Uh, is not a bad of a cheaper pick um, for, as a striker because I reckon he's going to share almost equal minutes of Aguero between now and the end of the season which means he'll, he'll have lots of chances to get goals um, and then Sterling started really well uh, like he's, he's quite pricey at 11.7 but um, I guess it, he wasn't worth it before before lockdown uh, because he just didn't seem to be scoring or assisting nearly enough And even though he seemed to be playing quite well in, in underlying stats pretty good Whereas he started pretty well now, so uh, Sterling could be one of those uh, really good picks if you can, anyone can squeeze him into their team, uh, and maybe this sort of the the wildcard like alternative to picking Salah or Mane is you go go Sterling instead, um, and then finally the other players like Mahrez, Sane, Bernardo Silva, mid price ish to, to expensive midfielders that uh, want to. One, one or two of them will get some decent minutes between now and the end of the season and probably get goals and assists. So uh, it, I guess it's a difficult one. It's a bit punty to go for one of them. But again, if you're looking to catch up in mini-league, someone like Mahrez could, uh, could be the real diff- could differential. Um, and then finally, defence. Uh, I think there's less, less attractive options there because I think most of them are slightly priced out of it. But I think um, once to think about it, Laporte will be there every minute. When he plays, they get a lot more clean sheets, so it's sometimes worthwhile having a Man City defender when Laporte's in the team. Um, and then on, on the full-backs, uh, like Walker and Mendy are like the cheaper options than, uh, than going Laporte, but you'd be getting the the defence. Uh, I guess the only question mark of those two is if they play every game, because City, again, have amazing squad depth and can rotate quite, quite merrily at, at fullback. So uh, they played the last game, but will, will they keep playing? Uh, out of them, I probably prefer Mendy because uh, I just think he's, he's better going forward. Uh, so he's he's another one that might get some points between now and the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree with most of that. It's just just the Mendy shout. I think um, having watched him against Arsenal, he was just he seemed to be playing so much within himself um, and not being the marauding kind of essentially left winger that we saw before he got that injury. He seemed to be sitting back so much more. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a tactical thing against
2: Arsenal, but um his his underlying stats, like his bonus points he, he was accumulating quite a lot, because I think he was really quite integral to a lot of what they did, but um, mm-hmm. in fact he did he got a bonus point because he in a three0 win and he didn't do anything, so uh, he, he seems to be a bit of a bonus point magnet potentially
0: yeah
3: i I'd, I'd, I'd just add the great, the great thing about city I think is with the the Champions League coming up in August. They'll be really wanting to keep the intensity going. So the, 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 I don't think they'll tail off at the end of the season because everyone will want to be in the team for the, the Champions League.
0: Yeah, that's a good shout. I think also um, on the kind of fitness side of things, Pep uh, had some quotes before uh, the deadline for this game week. And he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ro- rotate. I'm going to use all the players um, for fitness because we're going to need to. There's so many games. But he picked out Walker and Sterling um, and I think possibly Bernardo Silva as players that didn't need so much conditioning work, so much kind of fitness training as the others. Um, So maybe that helps in terms of minutes as well. Good shout. But Yeah, but we'll have to see. Um, Gary, who's your second team you want to talk about?
3: Um, So... I was kind of, again, on the same theme, I was looking at the teams that have the easiest fixtures. So we've gone through all of those and then which of the kind of mid-priced teams have got reasonable looking fixtures. So from here, the ones I picked out that that had, um, that they were all joint fifth on my list of the easiest fixtures were Burnley, Everton, uh, Leicester, who aren't really mid price team, Newcastle, Watford and West Ham. They'd all got the same score on my spreadsheet that I've just created for fixture, easiness. Um, so you you covered Newcastle there. I think even more interesting than Newcastle is Watford. Um, so I'd kind of add to this as well. I caught bits of the Leicester game, and it was a really good end-to-end game between two teams that were kind of attacking. Uh, it could have easily been more of a 3-3 than a 1-1. Um, but and, and then with Watford, you've kind of still got that form just before the break where they beat Liverpool 3-0. Um, So I think Pearson is really getting a a kind of a good solid team together there with them. Um, So I think there's plenty to look at in the Watford squad. Uh, So my personal pick would be Decore, who I think a lot of us picked out at the start of the season. uh, And he had a very, very quiet start. But now he seems to be given this kind of license to be the one breaking into the box in in the midfield. Um, getting into a lot of dangerous positions. Uh, he has scored a few goals um, in the couple of months before the, before the break. And again, he was looking dangerous in that match. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely look at Decore. I'd also, um, Sarr is a player that um, Andy's picked out on here before. Um, and again, he was really behind their resurgence when they, they started turning it round a couple of months ago, uh, including two goals and assist against uh, Liverpool. Um, recently so he's a good one Um, I kind of come back to the forwards there's this real dearth of of good quality forwards so you end up looking at some of the cheaper options and here you've got Deeney at 6.2 and what Deeney offers you is 90 minutes most weeks Um, he's on penalties he gets the odd goal Uh, he's not as prolific as you'd want but he kind of hovers around that 10 goals a season mark most seasons so You'd expect him to chip in with a, a few goals for the rest of the season, if not loads um, and then you've got quite a very you've got a very tempting defense and i'd be I'd be thinking like looking at the teams that have very bad fixtures. you've got the likes of um, Palace and Sheffield United, who've got tough run-ins uh, Bournemouth have got the worst run, in I reckon. Um, so if you're trying to shift from a cheap defender. Um, you could do a lot worse than Watford, I think. You've got um, Cabaselli, 4.3, Massina, 4.3, Kiko Firmino, 4.2. They all started the first game back. Um, so, so yeah, plenty of options there, I think.
0: I like the Kiko Firmino at 4.2 shout because I think Jan Matt was one of the players who was definitely not going to make the squad um, with his injury, and he's kind of had injury problems all season. So he feels like a kind of definite starter at the moment. You know, Jan Mutz has has an unknown return date from a knee injury, so that, that feels like he's not going to be back this season. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good enabler there, isn't it? I'm just shocked and appalled that you didn't include uh, scissor kicks uh, Craig Dawson in your I yeah
3: well I, I guess you'd be you'd be paying premium for that scissor kick because he seems to be point <laughs> five million more than than the other defenders but um yeah if if you think he's gonna repeat that and I guess to be fair to him looking he scored twelve goals in the last four seasons before the, the one he got this this season so uh yeah he's got a bit of form
0: nice one um okay so the final team to look at is my second team and it's Arsenal Football Club, who, looking at the next two fixtures, um, they're kind of top of the season ticker on Fancy Football Scout with games against Southampton away, Norwich at home. And this is mainly a warning to say, I don't think uh, they're going to be the best performing team over the next two game weeks. I think they're going through an obviously pretty tough moment of the kind of period at the moment. Um, They've just lost so many (laughs) defenders, it's untrue. So at the moment, they have no David Luiz, no Socrates, no Chambers, um, no Pablo Mari. And Leno's just gone out with a really nasty-looking injury. Um, So defensively, they're all over the place. That said, going from Gary's um, kind of budget enablers and defence, people on wildcard really have to consider... The new Arsenal goalkeeper, number one, yeah, Emiliano, Emiliano Martinez, who's four point two, and he's going to be a starting player. Um, so, even if it's for the save points, I think um, with my Arsenal hat on, I, I think he's a decent keeper. Um, he's not someone that I'm super excited about, but he's not someone that I'm embarrassed about having as, as our starting keeper. I think he's he's fairly solid pace pair of hands. So. Is he, is he better or worse than Almunia? <laughs> He's better than Almunia. Okay, yeah. that's all I need to know. How, yeah, yeah. how, serious, is Leno's,
3: how serious is Leno's injury?
0: Oh, <laughs> don't bad. really talk about it. It looked horrible. Uh, uh, I, I clicked it... on something on Twitter. can't remember who. It might have been Arseblog, uh the, Arse, the famous Arsenal blogging site, um, who had a picture of his face kind of in pain and contorted. And I was like, I'll click on this picture to see what it is, and it it showed the full image with his ankle kind of buckling under his weight, uh, lower down.
3: I say that just because it's very impressive from Arsenal that everyone else is coming back with a clean bill of health, so everyone fit again. There seems to be 12 red exclamation marks against the Arsenal squad at the moment, so they've, they've yeah. done well there, uh, yeah. seven different defenders, but... The, the, Leno's is the only one that isn't completely red. It's kind of twenty five percent chance of playing. It says so that might be nonsense. It sometimes is nonsense. That
0: yeah, you know. I would say based on what it looked like, it is nonsense. Um, but yeah, keep you know keep an eye on the injury news. But um, <clears throat> if it doesn't look like he's coming back, then um, Martinez. I mean, Arteta said after the game, <clears throat> having been in the dressing room and then come back out for interviews, he said it. He really doesn't look good. And when a manager says that. Normally isn't, um. So yeah, injuries across the squad, not just in defence, like Gary was saying. You know, Xhaka, Torreira, <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people will have, Bamiang in their squads from the double game week, and I would say that he is your cash cow to cash in on, uh, now if you want to move in, for those uh, Man United players that Gary was talking about earlier, Fernandez potentially essential. And I would cash in on Aubameyang because even though these fixtures may look good on paper, I think Southampton are a bit of a bogey team for Arsenal. Um, and Norwich, yeah, they should be there for the taking. But um, I, th- I think you can do better than Aubameyang, budget-wise. Spread that around your team, at least. We'll get another big hitter in. Um, yeah, shout out to Ben and his call for getting Saka in his... In his uh, bench boost team, I think he is the right uh, 4.7 or 4.65 around that kind of bracket to have in your team at the moment. He's started the last two games. Um, he's got an assist. He's hit the crossbar. He's looked pretty sharp. He is a really exciting player. Um, so, yeah, you know what a price to have a player starting for Arsenal in, in the front three. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, If you guys have any other Arsenal players you'd like to throw in the hat, I I think it's pretty unlikely, but um, shout now if you do.
2: Is Enketia worth it? Is it the really cheap budget
0: striker? He was definitely worth it for bench boosting because um, it was pretty likely that he was going to get minutes and his his stats, his underlying stats are good. I don't particularly rate him. I'm, I'm kind of concerned that Arteta seems to value him over Lacazette, or at least on the same kind of terms as Lacazette, because I think that's kind of madness. Um, but <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's going to get the minutes. It's similar to kind of Greenwood, maybe maybe a bit more uh, favoured um, the Greenwood to start certain games. But um, I think no, for bench boost he was great. But I think for your general team, I would I would leave him out. Saka's the man if you want a, a budget Arsenal player. And um, for me. What about whipping boys? Ben, who are your whipping boys for the next two game weeks? Who's been catching your eyes for the wrong reasons?
1: I think I have a sneaking suspicion that Man U may whip Sheffield United next week. Because, um, I mean, they look awful against Newcastle. They lost Egan, they won't have Dean Henderson. Um, So I think that's my bet for next week.
0: The week after... They've also got Tottenham the week after Sheffield United.
1: Yeah, mine's going to be Sheffield United. I think their final reversion to more championship form has arrived, probably to Gary's delight. Music (laughs) to my
0: ears. (laughs) Gary, are are they the same for you? Are they your whipping boys as well?
3: Uh, No, I was going to go for West Ham as my whipping boys. Um, So West Ham have have actually got an easy run of fixtures after the next two weeks, but I'm wondering if their morale might be so low. Uh, So they've got Spurs away, if away counts for anything these days, uh, followed by Chelsea at home. Um, And they look pretty lacklustre against Wolves. So kind of in the relegation struggle, not quite sure what their best team is. I think West Ham are uh, whipping boys.
2: Yeah. Okay, Matt. What do you reckon? I think those are two really good shouts. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I would differ for them for the next game week. No. Yeah. I,
0: I. I feel strange picking Sheffield United over West Ham, but I. I think they're also going to be possibly missing Jack O'Connell as well as Egan, and you know they are a well-oiled machine. But when you take out Quite a few parks from that machine, you know. What have you got left? I, I mean, we they've brought in that four defender. Uh, is it Robinson, uh, Jack Robinson, for O'Connell? But now they've lost Egan as well. It's Jaggy Elka going to play? It's I can't imagine him being an incredible overlapping centre back. So um, the wheels might come off. But yeah, West Ham and Sheffield United. Um, even Stevens for whipping boys. Fair enough. And. Um, Should we take a break? And when we come back, we can talk wildcard drafts and have a look at the Listeners League. Okay, Ben, you've activated your wildcard, is that correct? I
1: have.
0: Do you want to talk us through your thinking?
1: um, Yeah, so in terms of timing, I I felt like I needed to do it. I I noticed there haven't been any price changes, which has been kind of strange. I don't know what what exactly is happening. Um, But I wanted to do it because I just have all the players that I have for bench boost aren't super well suited for the upcoming fixtures. So like triple Sheffield United, for example, was something I just wanted to get rid of. My Arsenal players, my Triple Villa players as well. So that's why I kind of activated it. Um, here's my draft. Not loving it, but curious what you guys think. So in goal, I have um, better than Manuel Emilia Emiliano Martinez in goal. <laughs>
0: he's
3: my number one. He's my number one goalkeeper.
0: He's the new Messi, I think.
3: Maybe <laughs> he's the new Messi. Um, and just I've... just coming back to Martinez. I, it brings me back to. When when I was working in China, there was like an Arsenal fan event there and there was all these Chinese Arsenal fans waiting in eager anticipation to meet like Wenger and they just signed Lacazette and Aubameyang and all these players. And the big reveal, the first Arsenal player out on stage and like, and here he is, number 25, Arsenal reserve goalkeeper, Emiliano Martinez. (laughs) And everyone just kind of looked around,
0: scratching
1: their heads. Um, but yeah, it's straight in my team with uh, Button as my reserve. Um, then at the back, I have Trent, uh, Doherty. Hold on. Do is,
0: R- is <laughs> you have M- Martinez and Button?
1: Yeah, yeah. wait.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>
1: um, it's a little bit Maverick. Um, it, it, it's an enabler, so you'll see the rest of my team. So uh, I have Trent, uh, Doherty and Size. Um, as my kind of starting three defenders with Lascelles as one of my backups. And then hopefully someone who will never play. I wanted a 4.0 and it was between Ngakia at West Ham and Robinson at Sheffield United. I've gone for Ngakia because I, I have think Robinson will be dropped as soon as some of the Sheffield United players get fit again. Um, then in midfield... This is my big one that I'm not sure of is Salah. I'm just kind of keeping him there because I have, I have a feeling maybe he will try and get Golden Boot or at least will try until they win the, the league. Then De Bruyne um, then Son that we talked about and Bruno Fernandes. Um, Saka is my fifth and then up front I have Rashford Jimenez, Calvert-Lewin who I who I, will, I think I I'll just play all the time um lewin i like the light i like the look of today and then he may just be a short-term punt for norwich away um but if he keeps doing well i I may be happy to keep him in uh but yeah that's my team obviously martinez is the big (laughs) the big weak spot in this team (laughs) um the other thing i was playing around with is if i if i don't have salah and i have like a martial then that can free up a lot of Space in my team. Um, I, I just, I'm just keeping Salah in there for now because um, I have a, I have a feeling he'll play against Palace, and that's that's the game where they can win the league. What do you think, Gary?
3: Um, no, I think I think that's pretty that's pretty strong. Uh, I can't criticise him on the Martinez front, as I'm uh, I'm going to go that way as well. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going okay, so on? I, 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 when we come to, I'll, there's a method in my madness, which I'll explain in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I think I think I mean Ben is a much more sensible person to, to copy. If uh, if any listeners want to shamelessly copy a, a team that's out there.
0: Okay, Gary, talk us through. You've tantalised us there. It must be good.
3: Okay, so I so as I mentioned, I stupidly used the free hit rather than the bench boost, which means I now have to try and play like use my bench boost in some form. Um, so this team is picked, bearing in mind I want to have fifteen players who I think will all play. Um, so it doesn't give me the option of having a couple of bench filler kind of for no no value. So, I've, in goal, I mentioned Watford earlier. I've gone for quite a lot of Watford. So, I've gone for Ben Foster and that man, Emiliano Martinez. <laughs> um, my defence, now, this was a bit heartbreaking because I had to get rid of Trent because uh, I just couldn't make this team work with 15 starters without. So, I've gone for Van Dijk instead. Uh, Wan-Bissaka, Seiss, who I've had for a while, Cabacelli from Watford and Aurier from Spurs. Then the midfield is pretty good. I've got Martial and Fernandes. Um, maybe I should change to Pogba just as a maverick way of... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but other, other than that, Mane, De Bruyne and Decore. Uh, again, I think Decore is going to come good. Then up front, as previously trailed, Joe Linton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alongside my favourite, um, Chris Wood and Jimenez. So um, I think all of those are regulars if if, if uh, Leno's done his ankle. Um, so they should at least play, whether they'll pick up points is another matter.
0: And you've got your bench boost to think about as well, right?
3: Yeah, which I, apparently I can't play this week. I need to wait until next week. So I'm slightly worried I have to do a major surgery again on this team in order for the bench boost to be worth it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see.
2: What do you think, Matt? Um. I mean it's it's just it's so Gary isn't it? Uh. <laughs> I say throw in Troy Deeney just to make it super Gary. Yeah, like,
1: get rid of him and Dini, yeah. and Chris Wood. Wood. That,
3: be, <laughs> that that would be uh, that would be for Watford though unfortunately. I'd have to to lose a Watford player somewhere.
0: Yeah, drop the Corey. Eh? Yeah. Pretty Yeah, well
3: it's we, we we will we will see. I t- I'm still kicking myself. I could have had 110 points if it all gone to plan this week, and i would not made that mistake. So, but
0: it's so tricky we'll for you because it it's tricky for you and me with Fernandez because neither of us have him at the moment. Matt and Gary, sorry, Matt and Ben have him. So if we want to climb the table, we have to decide: is he essential? And without him, we're just going to fall further away. Or do we not bring him in in the hope that he somehow <laughs> stops scoring with his amazing fixtures?
3: Yeah, he's, he's one of these gambles because he's, he's a bit like Pogba was last season. But he's he's a kind of I don't know sort of six or seven, maybe eight goals a season midfielder. But he's also on penalties. So the number of penalties Manu get, he suddenly can be like a, a sort of fifteen goal a season midfielder. Mm. So but you're kind of gambling if Manu don't get any penalties, he's suddenly not such a good option.
1: I wouldn't worry about that.
3: We get we get penalties every game. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I I don't know if this was made up on Twitter, but I saw somewhere someone had put Man United have had seventeen penalties this season. Sheffield Wednesday have had seventeen penalties in the last seven years.
1: (laughs) Uh, We should sign Zaha just to oh my god! Penalties. Imagine
0: you just bring him on at seventy minutes when everyone's tired. (laughs) <laughs> well you know how like Matt.
2: yeah, like uh Guardiola has his build-up play that he trains into his squad where like you pass it round and you do this little triangle, get it to the byline and <laughs> ping it across. We just have like Solskjaer drills to just yeah, pass it round, get it to a guy, that guy runs into the area, falls over, and do it again and again and again until we get it. <laughs> how about your team, Matt? Um well this might be quite a short section because uh my team basically looks a lot like uh Ben's uh so I counted, and we have 11 of the same players uh, currently in our, our draft. Um, so I went uh, Pope. Martin, Martinez. Pope and oh. Martinez in goal. <laughs> <laughs> So the Martinez clean, clean sweep for, for wild carders. Uh, across the back, it's uh, Trent, Seiss, Doherty, Lascelles. And I went Simpson just to go 0.1 cheaper than, um, than uh, Ben. And then across midfield, uh, I couldn't afford Son, so I've gone Bergwin. Um, and then I went uh, Salah, De Boina, Fernandez, and uh, I had a bit of extra money on the bench, so I went for San Maximan. But he, he's sort of the, the wild card punty sort of player at the moment, but I, I'll see if he, if he lasts. And then up front is uh, yeah, Calvert Lewin, Rashford, and um, Jimenez. I, I oh, love you you dif-
1: managed to block Matt without even
2: trying.
0: Your your differentials to climb the table against Ben are Simpson and Saint Maximan.
2: Uh and Pope in goal. And I Pope. Have, I hope and Pope. My goalkeeper will catch me up thirty points on Ben. Otherwise, and, the first eleven is exactly the same.
0: And Bergwijn as well. Maybe Bergwijn's are actually a genuine. Yeah. A genuine. But contender. he has to
2: outscore Son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I say it's a draft. <laughs> I think on the back of this point, I might have to uh, go a bit more uh, punty. Yeah. It's, what, it's whatever,
3: whatever your version of punts are, Ben will somehow read your mind and block it again. I think.
2: Yeah, you've got to go. You've got to go, Marnie. It is. It's very. It's, I'm sort of this in between at the moment, where I'm 30 points off Ben, but I'm also like, defending a 30 point lead against you two. So that's. Uh, Uh, Yeah, how how wild do I go? Is second place worth anything to me, or should I go uh,
0: really go for it? Who cares who finishes second, third, or fourth? Just go for the go for first place.
3: I I gotta say it's it's ironic our hive mind team is doing so badly because Ben and Matt appear to have a hive mind already.
1: (laughs) I think that tells you Gary who's letting down the hive mind, really.
0: (laughs) Yes, Andy. Okay, should we have a look at the listeners' league? Um, Gary, is this over to you? Uh
3: yes, it is. Yes, so um, it, we, we're doing this before the final game, the Man City game. So this is uh, slightly preliminary, but it's appears the top scorer this week. We've seen a we've seen an awful lot of bench boost. By the way, it seems like uh, at least half the league have gone bench boost. So a lot of people in triple figures. Um, so far in first place this week with 114 points is Paul Wogan with Fat Boy Slimfast um, and he's down in 53rd in the league but he's climbed up 12 places already and he's actually got uh, three Man City players including Sterling Captain to play tomorrow so uh, he's, he's looking very good and he's got an incredibly mighty bench, he's used the bench boost to good effect, he's got uh, 32 points sat on his bench, Doherty, Jimenez, Fernandez, and Leno. Um a couple of other interesting ones. He did go with Enketia up front. Um, got Henderson in goal. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's basically that strong bench. Um but the one that's the other the other top scorer for this week worth picking out is the um the Art of the Dive podcast uh with Marco Doesn't Matter. Uh, so they've got 112 points. They've leapt, well, s- s- kept their position above Ben. Uh, Ben's up to third. They're in second. And Harry Quinn, uh, only 100 points so far. So they've closed the gap at the top to 17 points at the moment. Um, and both both Harry Quinn and the the Art of the Dive podcast have got Three Man City uh, to play as well. So, um yeah, all to play for at the top. Um, yeah, it feels a bit harsh picking out a worst team. Um, it's a, it's, it looks like a guy who's stopped playing, uh, Master Calcoon, uh, with just the forty points. Um, uh, so actually, yeah, forty points. He's got re- he's got someone coming in off the bench. Um, but yeah, I'd say the the bench boosts have been used by nearly everyone. A few others free hitting um so it's still very close at the top um and our pod our hive mind team is is drifting even further back uh down to 55th
0: yeah I, we didn't want to subject the listeners to our deliberations over transfers uh, for the uh, for our hive mind team this week but surely it will be back sometime soon don't worry if you're missing that um I think that's pretty much it from us. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at Fanatics. And if you like the show, if you're glad that we're back, please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. So, uh, Ben, thank you for your insight and congratulations on your big score this week.
1: Thanks. It's, it's been good watching football, especially um, watching Arsenal now that they're back.
0: <laughs> and thank you for insight, Matt, and, and good luck with your differentials uh,
2: against Ben. Thank you. Come on, Pope and Saint Maximad.
0: <laughs> and thank you for your insight, Gary, and commiserations for for the free hit disaster.
3: Yeah, it's a sad time, but I think Joel Linton will see me through.
0: <laughs> um, nice one, and we will speak to you guys next week.